Now, now shifting gears a little bit, you know, you've been on and been well received for all the help that you offer veterans. This is suggestions, the help that you give them legally as well as uh, on the show here, like with the PTSD. And uh, we've been talking about the VA for a while. Some news broke uh, today about the Veterans Administration scandal. It seems that um, <clears throat> a report came out saying that there were no actual deaths associated um, with the VA, uh, the Phoenix location specifically. Well, I, but now we find out that that report was um, initially given to the administrators in Phoenix. Basically, the line that there were no deaths associated was at, added after the administrators looked at it. We know. You know, it doesn't take the sense God gave a chicken. I mean, it's just like saying, oh, well, there's no proof that Obama launched the cover-up with Benghazi. Well, what do we have to do? Do we have to literally have a recording of the phone call, him telling somebody to do that, for us to, you know, be able to, to you know, can we no longer understand circumstantial evidence and connect dots? This is what's happening to our VA. It's an atrocity. Our veterans are suffering. You've been given some help to them on the PTSD. And that's very helpful to them. I don't know if their benefits with the VA are shared if somebody goes through a divorce. I know you also want to talk about the pensions and what happens to the pensions if people go through a divorce. I'm not sure what happens with um, their VA benefits as well. Children continue to get the benefits. Ex-spouses okay. do not. Up to the age of... I define think, a I child. Think majority. I think I think it's majority. Because under Obamacare now, the definition of a child is 26. So I didn't know if that also was the same thing with veterans. This question has not crossed my desk. Okay. I, I'm sorry. Okay. No, you don't. No need to be sorry. No need. To, maybe Dr. Ray can research that one and get back to you on that could one too. Could be. Since you've challenged him. <laughs> on the light nuclear warfare. So let's talk about pensions because one of the things that we've said that it's very, been very difficult is so many of them come back, they're war-torn, they're disabled, they've got PTSD, and now they're losing their families. And it's something that we deal with a lot here in uh, San Diego because we have so many military here. One of the things we haven't talked about is their pensions. We have not. We've talked about other people's. We mentioned several weeks ago that the largest family asset in regular old civilian divorces used to be the equity in the family home, but now there isn't any equity in the family home, so that's gone. And in the private sector, of course, the number of pensions has fallen. The number of people covered by pensions has gone down remarkably. But in the military, if you've served, you've got pension rights after a while. So... In typical military divorces, there are pensions to divide. And the first subject that comes up is the one-for-one uh, -one exchange of your regular retired pay pension for a VA disability pension. And I've addressed that in an article I wrote over the weekend. It's a very complicated subject. It is. And so I, I'm hoping that we can pare it down and make it really simple for people to understand because I'm sitting here wondering... For example, what this has to do, is it affected also by Social Security? No. Okay. But here's, here's the deal. Uh, there's a constant tug of war between the armed forces and the Congress and people who uh, would like to see ex-wives well cared for when they are not high earners in a marriage about what ex-wives get in the way of an interest in the compensation that a veteran receives while in the military actively or receives after retirement in the way of retirement benefits. Uh, Congress 
responded to the equitable argument back in 2004 and made it impossible. Now it is. The act was phased in. As of 2014, the old trick of the retiree saying, aha, now I'm divorced, so instead of a retired pay pension, I'm going to get a disability pension. That trick doesn't work. The disability pension isn't divisible. The courts found ways around this, of course, by doing equitable things as opposed to strictly legal things. Uh, but now it's not a problem. But as I mentioned in this little article I wrote, you've got to have 20 years of service and you've got to have an over 50% disability before this legislation applies to you. So we still have the problem that the ex-spouses of service members who are receiving pensions could get shortchanged by a, an election by the service member to take a disability benefit as opposed to the benefit based on his retired pay. Now, question. How long do the ex-spouses continue to get the pension and, it, and does that end at some point, such as remarriage? Oh, well, that, that's another story. You, you have the opportunity to make a, an ex-spousal election to receive a portion of your benefit after you die. So one of the contentious points in any divorce involving a pension, because this is common across the board, both to military and civilian pensions, is whether or not the spouse who is the owner of the pension is going to be forced either by the court or by the negotiations in the divorce to elect a spousal support, uh, a, an ex-spousal benefit when that person passes away. Okay. And it's typical that they do. And then they can't change it. It's not, it, it's it, doesn't, not it doesn't change. Once now, what about once remarriage? It doesn't change once it's remarried. So uh, as someone divorces a military but person and they get to keep that portion of that pension if even the election, if they remarry? If the election's been made. If okay. the election hasn't been made, then it's open field running. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else do people need to well, know? Well, and then, and then, as I said, there's this tug of war, and Congress also recently created something called combat-related special compensation. Okay. And the basic thrust is that if you've been in combat, you're entitled to receive your combat compensation all by yourself and your wife or your ex-wife when, the, when the, the blow comes doesn't have any interest in it. So this goes in the opposite direction as what's known as the concurrent receipt of disability pay and retired pay, which is what I was talking about before. Okay. Uh, you can elect this if you're, you've been in combat. There are other situations where you can also elect it that don't quite rise to the level of actual combat. But you can, you can skunk your ex-wife real good if you elect to take this stuff. Mm -hmm. as well, hey, they earned it though, right? Pay. They were the ones over there in combat. Well, I think that's the theory of the people who promoted the statute and who passed the statute. And, and as I said, there's always been this tension. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, disability awards are typically, one more minute, mm -hmm. disability awards are typically <laughs> awarded to the spouse who was disabled, even in a civilian marriage. So there's this constant tension here in the military about, well, if you've done something that's uh, really neat, like been blown up almost by an IED, 
uh, why should that pay when you retire be subject to being divided between you and your ex-wife? <laughs> 